This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. If you want to check things out with Accessible Media Inc. and you're a person who enjoys your Facebook time, well, like the Accessible Media Inc. Facebook page. You can check out all the activity, the conversation out there, the videos, everything that they put out there for your entertainment and mostly your knowledge. You can give AMI Audio a ring on Twitter, folks. Easy way to do it. At AMI Audio is the handle. You can see what's coming up on the live show here, what we've got segment to segment, and communicate, of course, with the other programs, including the podcast productions that come out of AMI Audio. That's on Twitter, handle at AMI Audio. And, of course, if you just have a question, feedback at AMI.ca about AMI-TV, AMI-Tele, or AMI-Audio, feedback at AMI.ca. Just toss them an email. Kelly McDonald here with Ramya Muthan. Well, Kels, we know that it's can be normal or at least, you know, called for that pets get into things that they shouldn't eat. But sometimes it's an inconvenience. Other times it's a bit more serious. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about it with Dr. Danielle Johnkind. The human-animal bond plays such an important role in people's lives. And as a veterinarian, it's my privilege to help keep those bonds strong and healthy. I'm Dr. Danielle Jonkine, and welcome to Ask a Veterinarian. So inconvenience and a waste of a really good cake is if your dog gets into it first. <laughs> or pizza. Oh, or pizza. Or my burrito. But anyways, but other times it can be quite dangerous. There's a lot of things in our environment that can be poisonous to pets. And are poisons the same for all pets? What are some common things that we should watch out for? What should we do if we know or have reason to believe that our pet may have eaten something poisonous? These are the kinds of things we're going to explore today because Dr. Danielle is going to give us a crash course in pet poisonings. So, Danielle, the first question is, are poisons common in pets? Well, you know, in in my experience, um, they are fairly common, um, but I would say that they seem to be more common in certain pets. So, for example, I, I see a lot more poisonings in dogs than I do in cats. Um, And of course, I see them more commonly in individuals that are the I'm going to get into everything type of personality. (laughs) You know, we we all have those types of, you know, dogs and sometimes cats that, you know, are extremely food motivated or they're just exceptionally curious or one of those things. And, you know, they they seem to be as individuals more commonly poisoned than the ones who are a little more discerning about what they'll put in their mouth. (laughs) So, Danielle, do all species of animals have the same poisons in common? No, actually. Um, There are definitely species differences in the way animals metabolize different compounds in their environment. Um, For example, you know, there are differences between humans and animals and even differences between different species of pets. You know, for example, you know, humans and dogs can take acetaminophen, but it's highly, highly toxic to cats. They just don't have the enzymes they need to metabolize that stuff. Um, avocado can be toxic to birds, uh, farm animals and bunnies, but you know, it doesn't really bother us at all and only rarely causes problems in dogs and cats. So, you know, it's important that you know what not to leave lying around for the type of pet you have living with you because there really are differences there. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Where can people find this reliable information on what's toxic and what's not for pets? 
Well, you know, if there's anything your pet might be exposed to in their environment that you aren't sure um, if it's safe, you know, you can certainly ask your veterinarian. Um, for people who like to look stuff up on the internet, um, there are some websites with verifiable, reliable information that, you know, I direct people to. Uh, so veterinarypartner.com um, has a searchable database of pet health topics and they're written and posted for lay people by the Veterinary Information Network. Um, so, you know, that's an online community of veterinarians. So I trust the information from that source. And there are two other fantastic resources um, specifically for, you know, toxic substances and toxic plants for pets. Um, so those are the ASPCA and the Pet Poison Helpline, you know, out of the U.S. And both of those maintain databases and websites with all kinds of great information on them. So yeah. that information gives you an idea of which species a particular toxin or a plant affects and how dangerous it might be. Um, both organizations offer a call-in service where you can phone a hotline to speak to their veterinary staff about possible toxicities. And there's a fee for that, but it's well worth it to get accurate, up-to-date information because there are literally so many possible toxins out there and so many species differences as to how animals respond to them. And really, no individual vet could memorize all of that information. So even... As a clinician, you know, if I run into something unusual, you know, I'll sometimes call them to get the information I need to treat my patient. Um, and as a pet owner, if you call them, they'll help you to triage how urgent this might be. They tell you whether or not you should call your vet and they give you a case number so your vet can call them to get the information as well. So all of that's really helpful. What a overwhelming, uh, not not obviously just for what a vet could could retain, persons working the line, but there's just so many things that you would not even and innocently could get, uh, you know, the your pet or the pet could get themselves into trouble with without you even thinking, well, how would this bother my pet? Um, what are the most common poisons that these organizations get the call about? Well, actually, a Pet Poison Helpline um, lists their top 10 poisoning calls for dogs. Um, and those were uh, chocolate, go figure, mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> uh, rodenticides, which are poisons that people put out to kill rats and mice, um, anti-inflammatory medications, so things like Advil and aspirin, uh, sugar-free products containing xylitol, so things like chewing gum, uh, grapes and raisins, uh, antidepressant medications, Tylenol, uh, vitamin D overdose, believe it or not, wow. uh, ADD and ADHD medications, and finally fertilizers. You know, I don't know why dogs would eat fertilizer, but <laughs> it's in the top 10. Yeah. Wow. Or if your wow. dogs yeah. are digging around in the garden, I guess. Or, yeah. Yeah. And that, that that's, I guess, to whatever they, they smell within it with, with interest, I guess. But it's it's amazing when you think of how many of those, obviously, narcotics things that are very readily around people's homes, but even the, just the little thing of, oh, I dropped a grape. And, you know, just knowing if, oh, I like the taste of that. And if, the, if a, a dog got into more of them, there are just some of those things that I know we've always had what a, a, the list that people always search out. But it's, it is kind of scary and there's lots of things that you know, people will say, oh, they can't have this, they can't. And a lot of those things that I've heard uh, certainly weren't on that list you just read. So it's, I'm glad they've compiled that for people. Yeah. And, you know, um, a lot of the same things are on the top 10 list for cats, you right. know. 
Um, but, uh, so, you know, but also adding flowers from the lily family, lily flowers are extremely toxic to cats, Mm -hmm. uh, flea and tick medications for dogs, which a lot of people don't know that those can be toxic to cats. So, you know, that's, um, useful to know, uh, cleaners, um, essential oils, you know, would be another thing. So, you know, those are plus, you know, all the usual stuff, anti-inflammatories and medications and stuff like that. So definitely, um, you know, be aware that, uh, you know, cats definitely have their own sort of top 10 list, very commonly overlapping with dogs, right. but there are a few things that are specific to them too. So Danielle, I have a funny feeling that the answer to this next question is going to be, well, it depends, but how much of a poison... <laughs> How much of a poison should a pet eat or get into, you know, come into contact with before we should be worried? Well, you know, there's a lot of unknowns with this question. And I and I feel like I must answer a lot of questions with mm-hmm. it depends. <laughs> But, you know, my (laughs) advice for this one would be, you know, if your pet eats any amount of anything you think might be dangerous, call for help right away. Um, Most compounds have a threshold above which the amount can be considered dangerous. Um, Some like lily flowers and cats have a very low threshold and others like poinsettia are somewhat higher. Um, We also have to consider the size of the pet and how much they ate relative to their size. Um, a Great Dane might have to eat a lot more of a toxic substance than a Chihuahua to get the same problems sure. from it. And, you know, some toxins are also more dangerous because in some forms they are more concentrated. And, you know, chocolate is a great example of this. So the darker the chocolate, the less it takes to cause problems. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily worry that much about a large breed dog, you know, hoovering down a few white chocolate chips. But I would worry a lot about a Yorkshire Terrier eating a few squares of dark chocolate. Mm So, you know, that there's a lot of questions that um, that need to be answered. So, you know, my my feeling would be if, if you think you're pet ate anything that might be dangerous just call and make sure you know don't wait and see what happens (laughs) so if you do have to call what information should you have handy if we knew do need to call because we think oh uh, our pets got into something toxic well you know if you know exactly what it was that your pet got into um, that's really helpful so a lot of times people will call and say my cat got into one of my house plants and really that doesn't tell your vet or the pet poison control anything useful. So, I mean, if you have house plants and you have pets, you know, make sure you know what plants are in your house and whether they might be toxic or not. And there are tons of plant identification apps out there now where you can take a picture of the plant and have your phone tell you what it is. Um, Most house plants come with some kind of ID tag on them when you buy them. Um, Keep that information in a safe place in case you need it. That ASPCA website keeps a searchable database of common plants and their toxicity to animals on their website. So, you know, you can easily find out information there too. Um, For medications, pesticides, cleaners, food items like chocolate or gum, what have you, you know, have the product packaging or a prescription label handy. If your dog has chewed the packaging up, you can also look a lot of product labels up online. I've done that before, too. Um, So, you know, you need to know the active ingredients in the product and the strength or concentration of them. And you should try and have some idea of how much they got into. For example, did they eat half the medication, a third of the chocolate, or the entire block of rat bait? Um, report the worst case scenario if you're not sure. And, you know, to know your pet's approximate weight is also helpful as that will help decide what dose of anything they might have ingested. Okay. So 
we want to know, because we know that accidents happen, do you have any tips on preventing our pets from getting accidentally poisoned? I mean, one thing I can think of is eat all your chocolate before your dog gets to it. And you're happy to do that. Yeah. That's something I, I, I practice on the regular. I would be totally happy to help you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's you just for safety. It makes sense. the dogs out there. You yeah. know, I would yeah. be totally yeah. happy to do that. Well, no, and no. I'll, I'd use the excuse that, we're well, troopers. the darker chocolate is more healthy for us. So mm-hmm. we're good with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I agree 100%. But, you know, I think the biggest one is to know your pet, you know, and I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. You know, like some dogs are food motivated and are frantically diving for things that fall off the table. So, I mean, if you drop one of your medication pills on the floor and you know they'll beat you to it, hoover it down and then ask questions about what it was later, you know. Um, some pets are definitely more likely to get poisoned than others because of that type of personality and their individual motivation. So if you have one of those pets, you know, it's up to you to take extraordinary measures to keep them out of trouble. And the other thing, of course, you should know is your family. Like some people are far more likely to leave things laying around Mm -hmm. or forget to make sure that doors are securely latched than others. And so dealing with these situations, you know, just make it as easy as possible possible to prevent bad stuff from happening so you can manage the circumstances so if you if i give you an example you might give your child their adhd medication after your food motivated dog is created for bed for the night and that way the dog isn't around to eat it if they accidentally drop it on the floor before taking it Um, another thought would be not to keep highly toxic plants in the house. Like I won't let anyone give me lilies and I won't bring them into my house and I don't plant them in my gardens because I'm terrified that my cat might eat them. Um, you know, pet proof your pet's environment and, you know, don't bring them to places where they could get into stuff or lock them up for their own safety. A good example of that is the backyard summer barbecue, you know, knowing, um, your food motivated dog is likely to steal stuff, you know, um, you might want to not have them, you know, just kind of wandering around left to their own devices while you're entertaining. You know, we know that guests leave things like corn cobs lying on plates on low tables and the only person who won't be surprised that the dog ate those things will be you yeah right (laughs) so you know managing the circumstances can be really helpful amazing this has been uh, really really helpful and it does make us take a look at our cats and dogs and pets more closely thank you so much danielle you're welcome dr danielle john kind joining us for ask a veterinarian and today we're talking about pet poisonings And she gave everyone more of an excuse to take care of that chocolate. Get it out of there, folks. Get it down. Wow. Coming up next, folks, wellness contributor Francis Wong joins us and going to break down the popular Pilates workout and the benefits of the practice. We'll talk to her in two minutes. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.